the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Duty or delight? How do you see your relationship with God? Let's talk about that next out of Psalm 37, right here on Truth For Today. Join us. It's amazing how many people see their relationship with Jesus as a duty rather than a delight. Yet that is right where the psalmist has us in Psalm 37. Today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Join us and be encouraged to understand your relationship with Jesus as a delight rather than a duty. And if it is a duty, you really have to question the relationship to begin with, right? Let's check in with Pastor Phil Howard for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. I'm going to just deal topically, textually with some things that have been on my heart for a long time. And uh, I thank God for the writings of Jonathan Edwards that are very difficult uh, to read because he was a genius. And I haven't been running with many. Uh, but he was, he was brilliant. They say he's the greatest American mind ever produced in this country. Whether it's science, he wrote his uh, first major thesis on uh, flying spiders at the age of 11. He began taking Hebrew, Greek, and Latin at the age of five. He became the president of Princeton at uh, uh, 54, died within seven weeks. Yale University, where he graduated at the age of 17, has now pr- printed a 55-volume set of his works. And he gathered paper on the frontier into the 1700s. He'd ride his horse, and he'd pin paper all over him. They said when he came back from a horseback riding, that's what he did for exercise, that looked like he'd been snowed on because he had so many paper clips. 55 volumes at Yale University is printed. From a 1700 mind, this is no ordinary man. Well, he wrote a book called Religious Affections. I'm reading it again for the third or fourth time because he's so, because when you've got a pygmy mind, you've got to just keep tenaciously reading. And his great disciple of our day is John Piper, who wrote a book called Desiring God, Why I Am a Christian Hedonist. Uh, and those two men have been used of God to greatly stir in me some of the concepts I want to share with you. Uh, my secretary has been on vacation, so I don't have notes, don't have PowerPoint. You may borrow paper, don't rip out a page from a Bible. You may take notes. If you've ever heard of that, taking notes. But this is heady stuff. You have to stay with me. And uh, forgive me for not exegeting a verse, but I want to take two weeks to unload this burden Uh, It's been in my heart. Uh, Look, if you will, at Psalms 37, verse 3. Let me take this as a point of leaping. That's what many preachers do. They read a text and they leap, and we don't know where they'll land. Uh, Verse 3. 
Let me read it how most of you read it. And let me, I hope, do it by my voice. Watch this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. We're heavy on the desires, and we're soft on the delight. But He's saying here, delight yourself in the Lord. I want to speak on, is God your duty or your delight? Piper's written a little book, I think it's in our bookstore, uh, The Dangerous Duty of Delight. I'd recommend you read it. I would recommend you read it once a month for five years until you get the concept in you. And he developed something from the Westminster uh, Catechism that said, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But notice that the Scottish Presbyterians use the word end, singular. The chief end, not ends, end of man is to glorify God, and some prefer to translate it then by, by enjoying him forever. God is most glorified when we enjoy him the most. When God becomes the source of your greatest pleasure, Malcolm quoted the verse, there's pleasures at your right hand, God. I listen to verses that says, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. You hear Paul say in Philippians 1, 21 through 23, I live so that Christ may be magnified in my body whether I live or whether I die. Now magnify. That really means this. I live so that Jesus Christ will appear magnificent in my life. Now let me tell you something about magnify. Uh, A microscope makes small things larger. So we could see it with the naked eye. But a telescope magnifies large things that distance has made them appear small. It brings the sun, Mars, the planets, uh, the Milky Way galaxy. That Hubble Space Telescope has the ability to search our galaxies never before. They found other galaxies that just keep running on, and it brings what's already magnificently large within view of our eyes, because we're millions of miles away. It's big, but we're so far away, it looks small, and that telescope magnifies it and brings it into focus. And that's what happens when Christ gets magnified in our lives. He who is big, but who appears small because of all the competition and all of the distorting idols around us and the distance from us, he says, I am determined that Christ will appear magnificent in my body, whether I live or whether I die. Now, there's two great sins of God's people that he warns them about. He gave one of the greatest warnings in the world about serving God. He gave it to Israel in the second giving of the law in Deuteronomy 28. Would you turn there? It's the fifth book of the Old Testament, Deuteronomy. And I will be skipping through the Bible here. I'm not developing any one passage 
I'm trying to develop a whole concept. Is God your duty or your delight? Look, if you will, at Deuteronomy 28, and uh, he's warning them, if they do not obey God and follow him, uh, that he's going to bring severe curses on them. Great warnings. And notice what he says, verse 46. They will be a sign and a wonder to you and your descendants forever. Because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity, therefore in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. He will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. Israel, I'm taking you into the land. And when you get in that land, you're going to get vineyards and wells you didn't plant. You're going to, as it were, become landowners and millionaires overnight, and you've been nothing but slaves in Egypt or wandering in this wilderness for 40 years. But I'm going to bless you in that land. But if it comes to the time that serving me no longer makes you glad, when it comes that serving me no longer is your greatest joy, then I'm going to put a yoke on your neck and I'm going to drag you off into exile because you didn't enjoy me when I gave you great prosperity. And that's one of the great dangers I see with people who say they know God. God has become a drudgery. God has become a duty. Going to church is nothing but a duty, not a delight. Giving their money is straight duty, no delight. Everything is, uh, a, I'm acting out of my will. I've made a decision for God. Hey, 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 I, I like before you get beyond decision. Where did that language come up? We've only been using decision in about ever since Billy Graham. You know what saints used to say? I've been so overwhelmed and affected by God. I act this way. Today people say, well, I'll make a decision. You mean you're not moved by it? It doesn't affect you? No effect. I just make a decision. How do you give? I just write a check, send it. I mean, it's not a joy. You don't do it with cheerfulness? No. God says, I love a cheerful giver, not just a giver. I love a giver who gives that's cheerful while they're doing it. It's not just the check. It was the attitude of heart you had when you wrote it. If it was duty, you serve God without joy. You sh- this God is no one to get cheerful about when you're giving money to his name. You, do you serve with cheerfulness? No. I just do my duty. I'll come to communion tonight. I'll come to communion tonight because pastor always chooses out. No, you probably shouldn't come unless you come to repent. And this is a good place to repent. Who do we think we are not to repent? We've lost the pleasure in God. I see it in Christian workers. I see it in pastors. I see it in deacons. I see it in elders. I see it in everybody in the church that pretty soon we're wore out serving a God that brings no joy. He is a duty. He's not a delight. Now look at Jeremiah to see the reason we do this. Jeremiah 2, one of the most heart-rending passages in the Bible. It, it turned Jeremiah into the weeping prophet. 
Jeremiah 2, he says in verse 11, he's astounded that he says this. Has a nation ever changed its gods? Now listen to that. The heathens never changed their gods. They went out. They didn't quit serving Moloch just because they lost a battle. They didn't quit serving Marduk. Uh, They didn't quit serving Dagon. They kept their gods no matter whether they won or lost. But something's going on in Israel. They are exchanging their God. Now watch what he says. Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glory. And what was Israel's glory? Their God. Our God opened the Red Sea. Our God fed us in the wilderness. Our God gave us this land. Our God is our, we were just a bunch of slaves. Matter of fact, our old daddy Abram was a moon worshiper up there in Ur of Chaldee, and God sovereignly elected him. There was not even an evangelist to win Abraham. God said, leave Ur. I've chosen you. I'm going to build a nation through you. Just like, who does God think he is to choose people? Does he think he's God? Yeah. Choose whoever he wants. Well, Pastor Phil will be back in just a moment to continue our message here today on Truth for Today. I'd like to remind you, though, that coming up Friday, November the 2nd, mark it on your calendar, we have our 2018 Truth for Today listener celebration. It's from 6.30 to 9.30, again, Friday, November the 2nd. The event is free, but we do require a headcount for the food. So we would invite you to register either by calling or stopping by our website, which I'll give you in just a moment. Great food, great fellowship. Pastor Phil will bring a wonderful message, and we even have an auction whereby you can walk away with some amazing items while supporting Truth For Today Ministries. So get a hold of us today. You can reach us at 510-799-3171. That's 510-799-3171. 3171. Or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.com, and then click on the link that takes you to our 2018 Truth For Today listener celebration page. And you can register right there. You'll see the tab. All right, let's get back to our study now. Once again, here's Pastor Phil on this edition of Truth For Today. Israel's glory was their God. Now, what are they doing? We're cashing him in, and we're going to pick up the gods of other nations. Now he likens it to this. Be appalled at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. There's their first sin. They've forsaken this Niagara Fall of great water fresh water. And believe me, in Palestine, to have a fresh source of water is a remarkable boon. That's a great thing. But notice what they did. They exchanged this overflowing Niagara fountain, as it were, of God's grace and richness. And they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Now, we don't know anything about cisterns, but a cistern in that country went this way. They usually would build them on their, if they lived uh, in a house, they would take their roofs and they would indent a place in the rooftop 
And when it rained, it would catch the water. But since it was made of mud, it would crack easily. It could drain out. The water would be muddy. It'd be stagnant within two days. Uh, you can get microscopic creatures. It wasn't fresh water supply from a spring. It said, my people have given up the living fountain of all refreshment. And they're drinking out of muddy, broken cisterns. They've given up the true living God for idols that, as he says in Jeremiah, that makes them sacrifice their children to Molech, something that the prophet says about five times, never entered my mind to ask them to do for me. Isn't it amazing that people will do more for an idol than they'll do for the true and living God? How many of you have ever sacrificed a son on the altar and let the priest slit his throat and let him throw it in the fire to Moloch? None of you have ever done that. We can't even imagine it. God said, it never entered my mind to ask you for your firstborn son, but you give him to these heathen idols. What's going on here? Uh, God says, I want to be the source of of everything that refreshes the deepest thirst in your being. And my people have a problem of leaving me to drink muddy water. It's kind of like the old country western song, T for Texas, T for Tennessee, T for Thelma, that gal that ran out on me. And it says, I'd rather drink muddy water, sleep in a hollow log, than to live with Thelma and be treated like a dirty dog. T for Texas. You live with my dad, you learn those songs. Spiritual, top ten. Drinking muddy water. What's wrong with God? Is it too clean for you? Is it too much of it? Listen to Augustine's famous line, and then I read to you from C.S. Lewis. Then I'm going to read another line to you from Augustine. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. You know why some of you are so discontented? You run into every cistern and every well in this world, and you can't get no satisfaction. They're all poison. Because anything you go to, sex, money, sports, your little self-interest, you, you, is an idol, and God will have no rivals, and he'll see to it you stay miserable, and you got it coming. For you've insulted him that he's not big enough to fill your little bucket full of pleasure in the living God. And you've turned God into a duty instead of a delight. Listen to what Lewis said. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. This world is not able to fill the void in you. God has made us for another world, has he not? And did you know in that other world, there'd be no room for sex? There'd be no need for money? There'd be no, we're going to have food just for the pleasure of it. You know why there'd be no sex in heaven? The joys of heaven, we've made sex the biggest joy in this life, or money. It's sex or money. Because money gives you sex, gives you power, gives you an ego boost, and you love pride. Sex is the biggest thing men can think of. That's why the Muslim can offer you a harem if you go out as a martyr. But God says, 
the joys of the place I'm preparing are so far above. We walk on gold up there. Up there, you won't even be married to your wife anymore. Oh, don't worry. You'll know her on the streets of heaven, but you don't have to kiss her. (laughs) And you won't even think about sex. Why? The joys that are coming will so surpass every earthly sensual pleasure that there will be nothing to be compared to it, and heaven will be heaven. We'll be brothers and sisters in Christ, and joys that will surpass everything we've ever thought was great here. Even money, we walk on it up there. We don't worship it. You can't imagine. Some of you just decided you don't want to go to heaven. You can't imagine. You can't, because you can't imagine anything that exceeds the greatest pleasures of this life. Listen to what Augustine said. He wrote this in 386. Now, Augustine was a profligate. He was an immoral, uh, heartbreaking son. Monica, his mother, wept over him constantly. He went to Rome, slept with everything he could. If you ever read his uh, confessions that he wrote in 300 AD, uh, he was a drinking, uh, uh, fornicating rebel son. And he wrote when he came to faith in Christ, how sweet all at once it was for me to be rid of those fruitless joys which I had once feared to lose. You drove them from me. You who are the true, the sovereign joy, you drove them from me and took their place. You who are sweeter than all pleasures. Thomas Chalmers wrote a great sermon years ago, The Expulsive Power of a New Affection. When you find something you love more than this, it expels the love. You know, you thought you liked Susie Q, and then you met Jane, who just outshines her. And boy, when you saw her, it was easy to break up with this one. And when you come to God, he's supposed to be the expulsive power of a new affection. I get to know God. I can, I can dive into the Godhead like diving into the Pacific Ocean and explore all the depths for all eternity. He's going to be showing me the riches of his grace. All eternity, I'm going to be learning about him. All of eternity, I'm going to be basking in him. But in the meantime, I'm bored with him. In the meantime, he's a drudgery. In the meantime, I'm so backslidden. God is hard work. God is a duty because you're backslid or you don't know him. And believe me, the church often has to repent because we can fall out of love with him. Christians did at Ephesus, so don't think you haven't. We easily have these fires of the heart go out because we live with this incessant downward pull called sin that's always taking us away from the flame, that's always taking us away from the fountain, and we try a little over here, and we try a little there, and we come back thirsty, we come back beaten, we come back feeling ashamed, says, I want to get back to the fountain. My own cisterns don't quench my thirst. No, they won't. God is determined they won't, especially if you're God's child. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. 
As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. By the way, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, you might want to mark it on your calendar Friday, November the 2nd. It is our Truth For Today listener celebration, a chance to enjoy some great food, amazing fellowship, and also an opportunity to help support Truth For Today ministries as we continue ministering to the greater Bay Area through the radio broadcast. Now, again, as mentioned, it's great food, great fellowship. Pastor Phil will bring a wonderful message. We even have an auction whereby you can walk away with some amazing items and at the same time help support Truth For Today Ministries. Here's the phone number. It's 510-799-3171. Or stop by our website, truthfortodayradio.com. Click on the Truth For Today listener celebration banner, and then you'll see the register tab right there on the right-hand side. We'd love to see you. It is a great opportunity to get a chance to mingle with those of you who make Truth For Today a daily part of your growth in Christ. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.